Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another playoff edition of the LightningInsider.com podcast. I'm Eric Rolinson from LightningInsider.com. Joined today by my co-host, Greg Lanelli from Lightning Radio and Lightning Power Play. Catch him and Dave Mishkin Monday through Friday from 12 to 1 for Power Lunch. And of course, Greg is also the pregame, postgame and intermission host for all Lightning Radio broadcasts. We're coming at you after Tampa Bay's 6-4 to four win against the New York... Uh, Carolina Hurricanes in game number four of the second round series in the Central Division with the winner of this series, of course, going on to the NHL semifinals. And Greg, I was driving home after the game and I was trying to come up with things to think about in this game. And the only thing that kept coming in my mind is the famous words from one Jack Buck who once said, I don't believe what I just saw because I don't believe what I saw in this game. It's incredible. Really was. And it was incredible for a lot of reasons, but mainly, you know, Carolina had control of this game in the second period and then they just lost their minds. You can't take penalties against this lightning team. And boy, when we talk about special teams and the difference it can make in a game and a series, we really are seeing that because it opened up the floodgates. The Lightning get a couple power play goals with less than five minutes remaining in the second period. And lo and behold, they go up 5-4 heading into the third. But, I mean, it was just – it was one of those things where I think Rod Brindamore is going to look back on the series once they lose on Tuesday. And he's going to say to himself, my gosh, like we, we had a chance here to go 2-2. And they didn't do it because they stayed undisciplined. Yeah, they, I mean, there was just so much that went on in this game. Uh, nice to s- slip in that bold prediction by you, by the did way. Did I say something? Did I you, say, you, oh, okay. you did say something, yes. Um, like, so much went on in this game. We forgot that before it even started, there were two guys in the penalty box before the puck was even down. We started this game four on four, which yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen. And the number of games that I have covered over the past nearly 20 years, I can't ever remember a game regular season or playoff with two guys being sent to the box before the puck is even down. So that, that should have been our, our foreshadowing of what a crazy game God, it was going to turn out to be, you know, and then we don't even mention the fact that Nikita Kucherov gets a high stick up on his face shield. Doesn't get called, but wait, no, it's going to get called. Oh, no, no, wait, the linesman called it and the linesman can only call it if it results in an injury. So no, you know what, Brady Shea, you don't need to go to the box. You can come out of the box. Well, how about Brady Shea went to the penalty box? Yeah, <laughs> he knew. <laughs> I thought, I thought that was the funniest part. He knew. He said, wait a minute, I'm not getting a penalty for this. 
<laughs> he must have thought he just won a lottery yeah. ticket or something. Incredible. Uh, yeah, and and then just uh, as I said on Twitter that the second period ended exactly the same way the first period ended, and that was with Tampa Bay up by one. Little yeah. tongue in cheek there, but you know, eight goals in the second period. I mean. The first game between Florida and Tampa Bay to open the playoffs was a pretty crazy game in and of itself because both in that game you had both teams blow two goal leads um, in that one. Um, Of course, all the physicality and everything. But this one, because there was a lot more at stake, you know, you're four games into a series now and not the opening game of the series. There's no tone setting going on. So for that game to, to evolve the way it did in the second period, I mean, the eight combined goals is a franchise record for the Lightning uh, in any playoff game. Um, I think it's it's one off of the NHL record of nine. I think if I remember reading that correctly, nineteen ninety. I think Chief was talking about this too. Kings, Calgary, Kings, Flames. I think might have been something that rivaled that number. But you're right. I mean, the thing about it is when you look when you look at this game. The Lightning, I thought, outside of that 15-minute meltdown, I'll call it a meltdown, but 15-minute lapse, lack of discipline lapse in that second period, they really played well. I mean, they the did. first period, they had a lot of shots on goal. They had a lot of dangerous looks. Mrazek was looking really good, and you were like, all right, well, look, maybe maybe <laughs> we're seeing the good Mrazek. And he ended up playing really well in that first period. Second period, we described what happened i mean they're leading four two and then they take some penalties and the the whole game changes and then the third period they really locked it down defensively i mean that was that was pretty good stuff i think if you're john cooper you're really excited about that for sure because as as fire wagon as it was in the second period you know i looked up at the third media timeout which was about five just under six minutes to go there were four total shots in the period two by each team. Of course, one of them went in on the Nikita Kucherov goal, you know, early in the third period. But like, it's crazy that you go from what happened in the second period to locking things down as well as they did in the third. And it wasn't like, you know, when they lost that two goal lead to Florida in game four or in game three in the first round, like they weren't trying to defend the lead the whole time. They were just playing, you know, there were times where, yeah, they're just going to flip the puck out of the zone, you know, force Carolina to come back. But for the most part, they went up the ice. They didn't wait for Carolina to come at them. They forced Carolina to come at them. And if it, as John, because I asked John Cooper that exact question in the post game about going from that pe- second period to the third period, and he goes, that's, that's us, right? Like that's more of our style. That's more of our identity. That's who we want to be. That's exactly what we have to do, especially to win a game. As he said, take away the coach's hat it was an entertaining second period, but his coach's hat definitely went back on for the third period. And that has to worry you because we've talked about this how many times with Tampa Bay that if you want to go in a run and gun game with them, they'll beat you. If you want to go into a lockdown game with them, they'll beat you. And here's the thing. They scored four goals on Andre Vasilevsky today. Didn't win. Florida Panthers in the first round scored four goals yeah. on Andre Vasilevsky. They didn't win. Like and one of them was a bad goal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say two of them were. I think he should have had the Hamilton one too. Yeah. You know, and the one from Slavin, he, he just didn't seal the post. And, you know, and then you're thinking, oh, boys. But, it, and this is something else I thought about. 
it's nice to see the team pick up their goalie because their goalie has picked them up plenty sure. of times in the past five years. Yeah, and that's a good point because Vassy, on more than one occasion, multiple occasions, over the last few years since he's been a starter, how many times has he saved the bacon of the Tampa Bay Lightning players because they've broken down defensively? So they owed him many, many more times down the road. So it was great to see them come back and and get the win for him. What was interesting, too, is Chief had brought this up on the uh, the last call, and he had felt like the Lightning weren't going up high on Morazic. He really wanted to see them test him because he's a smaller goaltender and very athletic and can move side to side, but he wanted to see them go up top a little bit to see if that would change how things transpired. And we saw in the Kucherov goal uh, from that right dot. I mean, he was a great wrist shot, but it, I don't know. I mean, I, unless that well, was the Johnson goal is the same way. Yeah, and now the Johnson one was deflected. The Kucherov, I mean, it was a laser, no doubt, but it maybe led to some of that belief that you needed to go high on Morazic rather than you know stay low. Easier said than done, obviously. But I thought that was also something that was interesting to keep in, you know to keep an eye on in that game is uh, the Lightning's their ability maybe to go high after you know early on maybe not doing as much. Yeah, I wonder if that's an in-game adjustment. You know, if, if Chief's thinking it, you have to think that Franz John, the goalie coach, is thinking. It. I mean, goalies think alike, right? Aren't they're they're all they're always in that same mindset and how they approach things. Um, you know, but but again, because we talked about it after when I was on with you first intermission about you know how well Tampa Bay played, how well Morazic played. It should have been two three nothing. It's a one shot game, and Carolina ended up scoring twice in forty seconds, and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh boy. Um, but now you have to wonder, okay, the lighting have already chased goalies in each series. If you're Carolina, can you trust Morazic again? Or do you have to go back to Nadelkovich for game five? I think you got to go back to Nadelkovich. You know what? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't know what they would do. Can they go to Reimer? Well, they can could they go to Reimer. Reimer. Yeah, but I, I think they have to go back to Nadelkovich here. They could. They could. I mean, I, in some ways, you know, Morazic, I'm, I'm still not going to fault him for a ton of the goals that, was, that were given up on on Saturday. I mean, I think, I think what Rod Brendamore is going to say, guys, whoever's in that stay out of the penalty box. Yeah. You just, you have to. And if you don't, we're going to have some big, big problems. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to Nadelkovich. My hunch is they're going to stay with Morazic for the simple fact. He's got a little bit more experience and this is a do or die game. But if he went to Nadelkovich, you couldn't blame him, but he's put him, he's put himself in a position now where this has become an issue. And yeah. maybe maybe in another podcast or this one, we can get into this whole goaltending situation where we have two guys and we're going to play them. I think that's honestly, I know some teams have won a lot of games doing that, but I'm not necessarily convinced that's a recipe to win a Stanley Cup. And I think Carolina's finding that out just like Florida found out in the first round. Yeah. What, what's the old saying? If you've got two goaltenders, you ain't got one. Yeah. In Florida's yeah. case, it was three. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's the same way with Carolina, too, because yeah, Reimer's right. a veteran. He's been around a while. If you got three goalies, you ain't got one. And I know Mrazek was hurt yeah. for a good portion of this year, but you know, Nadal, I think Nadelkovich ended up starting like 23 or 24 games. Reimer was somewhere around 19 or 20. And my take is on Nadelkovich, by the way, because he played so well, I think he just forced himself into that position. I actually don't think yeah, they he did. I don't, I don't think they wanted him to be the starter because that guy had a lot of success over the years in the minors. And Carolina always needed to find a goaltender. I mean, we remember the infamous Scott Darling trade. Yep. 
And that was a disaster. So you knew Carolina was looking for a young goaltender they could build around. Nedeljkovic was that guy. He was in their system. And it took Maraza going down with an injury for them to finally give the kid a shot. Plays well. And I, I honestly, I think he really did force their hand into having him play in the playoffs. But after two games, I know he gave up the bad goal to Goodrow. You could make the case he should have been the guy in game three. Yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. I, you know, I, as, as I, I went on um, with Jay and Ian on Wednesday, and I said I would entertain the idea of maybe changing goalies, but, just, you know, your goalie wasn't why they lost games one and game two. Again, you can look at the mistake that Nedeljkovic made. It's just a crazy mistake. But for the most part, he played really, really well. Um, you know, so for them to go to Morazic, who hadn't played since May 10th, I think he'd only started maybe three games in the final couple of months because of the injury. Because the thing with Morazic, and we've seen this, Greg, we saw it in 2015 when he was with Detroit. When Morazic is good, he's good. When he's not, he can be really bad. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a tough recipe to have for a playoff situation like that. So to me, I don't know if you can trust Morazic after a game like this because the, 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 you know, the sixth goal by Kucherov, it's a bad, it's a bad goal. And I know it's Kucherov, but that shots from 50 feet and he let it go through his legs. Yep. And if I'm Rod Brindamore, like I, I was kind of surprised that Morazic started the third period. And now talking to a couple of the Carolina guys, Brindamore doesn't like to pull his goalies in game. He's kind of like John Cooper that way. Um, so, and, and, you know, in talking to him, that, that didn't surprise me after that. But now I, I think you have to go back yeah, to the guy it, who won you the first series. It may make sense. It may make sense. But, it, you know, and here here's a situation now where you're putting the season on the line with a goaltender who you pulled after two games that played pretty well in this series. I just think, see, this this is the conundrum you put yourself in. I mean, what is Nadelkovich's confidence? Yeah, you think it's it's probably still pretty high, but what is it? I mean, you pulled the guy in favor of Morozik. What type of message did that send? You wanted to be a little fresher in that. That was the, the reason yep. Brindamore gave. I'm not buying it. As I told you before, I think the plan was to go to Morozik at some point, and losing two games to the Lightning, I, I felt like that was a pretty convenient way to get to him. But now that we have seen what happened here, you put yourself in a pretty tough position at a position that probably needs to have a ton of backing and a ton of confidence. And I'm not sure either of those goaltenders may have it. I don't know. Yep. Um, the other thing I'm, I'm curious to see is how uh, Carolina responds to this, because you, you can talk about staying out of the penalty box. Um, doesn't always happen. We, I mean, Tampa Bay's been talking about trying to stay out of the penalty box for it seems like four years now, and they tend to be one of the teams up in the higher areas in terms of taking penalties. Um, you know, but the the power play has just been absolutely deadly for Tampa Bay, and you know, uh, and that's after going over in the first two games. You know, they scored five power play goals now in the last two games, and and they're they're a third period power play goal on Thursday night from having swept the series now. Yeah. Right. Like it didn't come through. Not that you can't blame the power play because they had scored twice early in the game, but that was a moment where they could really just, they could have ended the series right then and there. Didn't Carolina ends up getting the power play goal in overtime. Um, but can you, can you put, put yourself into a situation where you're disciplined? Because those were some bad penalties that Carolina awesome. took. I mean, awesome. the Martin Hook hit, Martin, Martin Hook hit on Jan Ruda. Yeah. Can't do that. 
You can't do that. And they're, and they're leading at the time. You can't take that penalty, um, you know, for a team that is so disciplined because Carolina is a pretty disciplined team. That's a dumb penalty to take at a bad time of the game. And Andre Sveshnikov ends up in the penalty box three times in this game, twice in the second period, his roughing call. Um, yeah, maybe Mikhail Sergeyev got away with a cross check. You can argue that point. Uh, regardless, Sveshnikov ends up in the box for what is the tends uh, turns out to be the game winning goal in the final minute of the second period. I mean, that's a series changing dumb play. He was called twice on Braden points. He goes up high to Gord, which was just a, a brutal play. And you know, quite honestly, those are plays where you're not. It's a selfish play. Yeah, it's, it's selfish. It, it, and we talk about what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. You need to have a team mindset there. There's no reason to run Gord along the boards like that. He's tied up. Nothing's going to happen. But you decided to be extra physical by, I mean, just basically getting those elbows up into the guy's face. It, it was just a needless and it was a fake roughing play by Svechnikov. You just didn't need it. It was a selfish play. If, if it was somebody else not as talented as him, I'd say he's probably benched for Tuesday's game, but he's put up some points and they're going to need his scoring because the other thing too, he is what we're finding out with Trocek out and Niederreier out. This is almost a two line team at this point. And they're not getting, yeah, they're not getting a ton of, a ton of scoring outside of what Sebastian Ajo and his lines doing, by the way, they've been fantastic. And uh, Jordan Stahl, you know, chipping in here and there, but it's it's become a real problem, I think, for Brindamore and his staff. What are they going to do offensively, too? Yeah, I, I mean, we know the playoffs can be a, a battle of attrition sometimes, and when you lose top six forwards, and that those are some pretty big. I mean, Nina Ryder had a really good year. Uh, Trocek was her second leading scorer during the regular season. He's a good faceoff guy, too. Not that faceoffs have been an issue for Carolina in this series, but he's another guy that can win faceoffs for you at key times. Um, you know, and the lighting have been relatively healthy as I'm finding some wood to knock on right now. Um, yeah, look, if, if you can, if you can break even with the Aho line, especially since Sveshnikov was put back up on it, I think that's a win for Tampa Bay because they have the depth to be able to overcome it. I mean, you yeah. got a huge goal from Tyler Johnson today, you know, that's a huge goal to tie it, to get the crowd back into a life for a guy who's scored so many important goals for this team over the past five years in a reduced role. He comes up in a big moment again in the postseason. You know, uh, we really haven't even seen um, granted Goodrow had the game winning goal in game two, but they haven't been assertive as much offensively in this series. And yet Tampa Bay still up three to one. And uh, I, I think you're right. I think Carolina is a team that relies on their depth and that depth has taken a hit. And now that has Tampa Bay on the verge of advancing to the final four once again. Yeah, it does. And, you know, again, the lightning, you give them a little bit of life with that power play and they made you pay. And if you didn't know how valuable Nikita Kucherov was to this team, all you have to do is look at the playoffs and look at the power play specifically because it looks drastically different with him touching the pucky and making plays with his vision. I mean, he is, he is the maybe premier playmaker in the national hockey league right now. There, there may be a few better goal scorers and, and that's fine. But when you take a look at the package of shooting and passing, I think Kucherov is right up there 
with the skill sets of Connor McDavid and some of these other guys. He's that good. And just look at how much different this power play is with him running it. It's huge. It yeah. changes the entire dynamic. We saw it from game one against Florida, you know, with the two power play goals he scored in that game and then setting up Braden point for the tying goal. And then um, he wasn't, um, you know, he didn't have an assist on the game winning goal, but uh, he was out on the ice for it. And he just changes it. Not only does a slot everybody in the right spot, but he's, he is, he's a top three, top five player in this game. And I still don't think he gets enough credit for it. You know, um, yeah, he even, might not. He even might the not great be. year he had in 2019. He, he will. It's almost kind of like the after effects of uh, like a Victor Hedman, who a lot of people felt like should have had a Norris trophy before he got it. You know, sometimes it's that year or two after. I mean, if you didn't think Kucherov was an elite offensive player or in the top five now, you've got to see what he's doing because so much attention is being paid to Tampa Bay because of what happened with the cap this year. So many yep. people are still bringing up how they circumvented the cap and Nikita Kucherov is obviously front and center when it comes to that story. But I think what's lost in that story is the fact that the guy had major hip surgery, didn't play at all during the regular season, came in at the toughest time of the year to compete and is putting up numbers and leading the league in scoring when it comes to the playoffs. People will take note of that once they get past their emotions of the Tampa Bay Lightning, getting a guy like Kucherov back for the playoffs. Remember there used to be a time where people questioned whether Nikita Kucherov showed up in the playoffs? I see so you. I don't remember. The only time I remember that is when the Stars were held scoreless back-to-back games. Against, against Washington. Yes. Yep. But yep. you've been covering this team longer than I have, so I'm sure yeah. there have been moments... And I don't know if it's because of his demeanor or if you look at his numbers, but I mean, he's a point per game guy in the playoffs. When, when your team has the expectations that this team has had since 2015, when you don't perform, your top guys sometimes get the blame. And certainly in 18, when they lost game six and game seven and being shut out in both those games, your top offensive guys are going to take the heat. In 100, like tonight was... Nikita Kucherov's 100th career playoff game. Yeah. It was 112 points. Yeah. There's only one other player, active player, who has more, had more points through 100 playoff games than Nikita Kucherov. I'm sure you know who it is. Uh, let me see. Dominic Moore? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby. Dominic was Sidney Crosby. And, and in fact, this note from the NHL, only 13 players in NHL history have had more points through 100 career postseason games. Mm-hmm. Then Nikita Kucherov. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. It, you know what? I mean, look, like people forget some of the clutch goals he scored. Game one against Montreal, double overtime when they came off that seven-game series against the Red Wings and had to go up to Montreal, play two nights later. They're in double overtime. Who scored the winner? Nikita Kucherov. Game four, no, sorry, game three against the New York Rangers in the 2015 conference final. It's a 5-5, again, wacky game. Who scores the game when he goes in overtime? Nikita yeah. Kucherov. He's come up with some clutch plays. I mean, his performance last year in the playoffs, when he had 37 points, 33 assists, I think, is, is the most in 20 He's years. elite. He is elite, man. I mean, that, you, that, that word gets thrown around a lot, probably for people that don't deserve it. He deserves it. He's elite. He does, and I still don't think he gets enough credit for it because of, for whatever reason, the team that he plays on. I mean, look, you saw a great game today 
and it's on the USA Network, right? Now, we watched it live, so we don't get to see the broadcast on it. But it, you know, it's it's on USA Network. People people had to find that game today. Yeah, you know, and it's it was great hockey. It was as it was as entertaining of a game as you're going to see in the playoffs. I mean, everybody's talking about how great Colorado Vegas is, and the last two games have been fantastic in that series. Certainly in this series, the last two games have been really good. And even, you know, it wasn't back and forth maybe in games one and two, but they were really good, tight, entertaining games, even though there weren't a lot of goals scored. And Nikita Kucherov is a big reason why this team is so uh, entertaining to watch because he is, he's a maestro. He's a genius with the puck. I mean, I love hearing Brian Engblom talk about Nikita Kucherov and all the, you know, superlatives that he can come up with him because he is that good of a player. And I don't think we talk about him. Well, we do, but I don't think around yeah. the league, I think he gets enough um, uh, mention for what he does. You may be right. You may be right. He's, he's uh, changed the complexion of this lightning team with his mere presence. And that speaks to his greatness. Well, I think I know the answer to this question because I think you've already pretty much answered it. Um, what do you think happens on Tuesday? Two days off. First of all, it's, yeah. Kind of weird to have two days off here between games, but um, I'm going to give the Lightning the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to kill our instincts. I think the injuries to Trocheck. Now he may he may play. I don't know. I, I could see that happening. I think it may be catching up to them, and I do think there is a big question mark in that. I mean, if you didn't feel like there was one before the series started, I think you have it now because Morozik was playing pretty well, and I think look, you give up six goals. Even if he play well, that's not a good number. Nope. And I think Rod Brindamore has just put himself in a position right now where you've got cool two goaltenders who I don't know if you know what you're going to get. I mean, I think Nadelkovich has been more consistent, but then again, he's not the guy they wanted to be in that, and he gave up the bad goal to Goodrow in game one. So whoever they put in net, there are going to be some questions about their performance and what are you going to get? And I think with the lighting, with an opportunity to really win a series in five or less, that can be a big deal down the road in this type of schedule, this type of season that we've played in. So I think it's, I, I think they come through. I do. I think they come through on Tuesday. Yeah. And we now know that because the Islanders beat the Bruins in game four, that series is tied up two two. So that series is going at least six. Um, I'm sure the Lightning would love to see that go seven if they can close things out on Tuesday and maybe go for a triple overtime game or two uh, along the way. Um, but I, I, you know, I, yeah, I have a different feel because I didn't think that they were going to win game five in the Florida series. I just, I just had that feeling that with Spencer Knight going into net, it just kind of was going to give the Panthers a boost and it, it ended up turning out that way. I, I have a different feeling about this one. I think, you know, because Rob Brindamore, I've heard him now twice say, oh, I don't know what game you guys are watching. We're playing okay. You're down 3-1. So you need answers. And saying that we, we don't have to change anything, I'm not sure that's the right answer for his team. And I have a lot of respect for Rob Brindamore. I think he probably deserves Coach of the Year. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get it. That's voted on by the broadcasters. Um, but I think he's had a fantastic year. I think he's a fantastic coach. I think he's he's a little lost right now in trying to find answers for his team, whether it's in goal, whether it's on how do you match the lines, whether it's telling your team to stay disciplined and they can't, and then telling the media, again, well, we're playing five, five, fine, five on five. But at the end of the day, you're down 3-1 in the series. And, and I think that kind of resonates with his team because they don't have answers. 
So if a coach doesn't have answers, yeah. players don't have answers. And I think that lends itself. And look, Vasilevsky is not going to let in four again. You wouldn't think. And you have questions about your scoring and your depth, and you have questions about your goaltending. And on the road, Tampa Bay will be. I still think it's an opportunity for them to finish it off. Look, Carolina, they're a good team. They may end up surprising us and, and put in a really good performance. I just think you've opened yourself up to a lot of question marks in that. And I think the Lightning take advantage of it. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm not ready to say that Carolina's done either here because they are a relentless team. They don't give up. They were in the same situation last year in the playoffs against the Bruins where they, they played well and yet end up losing in five games in that series. Um, but I just, I just think this is, they've just run into a team here in the lightning that said, Okay, you want to you want to play tight checking defense? We can do that. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna get a couple of good fortunate goals on your way. Well, guess what? We're gonna come back and beat you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think that that's just too much for Carolina to overcome in this situation, especially with the injuries, because we know Trocheck is out. We'll see a couple of days. Does that give him help? You know, but the fact that Brendan Moore said he was going to take warm up and he hasn't taken warm up in either of the last two games, it's not a good indication that he'll be ready for game uh, game number five. Right. And then you know. Fogel was hurt. We know he was hurt. I'm not sure how effective Warren Fogel was today on that line. Um, so, you know, he's not playing at a hundred percent. So I, I just think it's just kind of catching up here um, with Carolina and then running into a really, really champion, a championship team, a championship team found a way to come back and win a game that got away from them for enough time. And yet they still found a way to come out on top in regulation on top of that. Um, I want to pass along this note that uh, my son passed along as we're sitting here recording. Uh, Kucherov's 112 points have him in a tie with Rick Tockett all time for 76th. So there's a chance he could get into the top 50 this year, depending on how far they go. Uh, he is 12th yeah. among active players. I think you already mentioned that. Uh, the only other uh, player who's under 30 who's in the same conversation on Takita Kucherov is Nathan McKinnon. And we know how good Nathan McKinnon has been in the playoffs. I mean, he had a fantastic playoff last year uh, and he had a really good first round and, you know, first two games for Colorado too. So just to kind of put some context on, you know, what we're watching on a Nikita Kucherov. And, and again, it's still hard to fathom that people were questioning and some people still question whether he's good enough to play in the playoffs. And boy, do we just give you enough numbers to say uh, you're crazy. These are Hall of Fame-like numbers. Like when you go back and you look at somebody during the Hall of Fame and their careers, you have moments, you have an extended period of time where you dominate. He's dominating right now. Yep. He's yeah, dominating. I think, I think John Cooper used the phrase after the game, he took over the game. He did. He did. And I think what he ended up was six shots on goal, six shots on goal, eight shot attempts. Of course, the two goals, the three points and... um you know, he, he just got to a point that said, oh, okay, I'm going to take this over. I'm going to start shooting from everywhere. And, you know, that power play goal that he scored, that was a laser, laser beam out of a shot. All right, before we sign off here, Greg, uh, we want to make sure everybody knows about the special deal we have with Smack Apparel, smackapparel.com. They have these great back-to-boat shirts and this the big cat shirt. Uh, but if you go to smackapparel.com and put in the code BOLTS21, B-O-L-T-S, 21 you'll get 21 percent off any order uh, so again that's at smackapparel.com and we also have a t-shirt to give away and we were talking about this and here's our trivia question the lightning scored six goals tonight against carolina to win game 
four to take a three, one series lead. And the lightning have scored six or more goals in a playoff game. I four other times. Send in, send me an email, ericalightninginsider.com. DM me on Twitter. That's at Eric underscore Erlinson. Give me the other times that the Lightning have scored at least six goals in a playoff game, who the opponent was, and we'll put you in a drawing for one of those free shirts. You'll get to pick which T-shirt you want. It's a great deal. It's, a, it's the best deal. Just got to know your trivia. And it's, it's easy to find these answers nowadays. That's very true. Something about the internet. Something, something internet Google. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you have the internet working on your end. Uh, we know we'll be working, Greg, because the Lightning are back in action on Tuesday. Uh, you've made your prediction. We made I made my prediction. Um, everybody else, send us your predictions. Find Greg at Greg Linelli on Twitter. Find me. I just gave you mine at Eric underscore Erlinson. And uh, Greg, any closing thoughts before we sign off? It's been really impressive to watch the Lightning during these playoffs continue with their killer instinct, especially with leads uh, post-second period on. I mean, it's been it's been fun to watch. And you don't get very many opportunities to beat Vasilevsky when he's a tad off. When you do, you have to win, and they didn't in Game 4. And I think that's going to be something that the Canes look back on in addition to a poor penalty kill as to why they uh, end up losing the series. Yeah. And, and for me, it, it's watching Steven Stamkos. You know, we all know the story behind what happened to him last year and missing all but the, you know, the first period of, of game three against the Dallas stars on the Stanley cup final, the injury went through the family situation he had as well for him to come back and put up the numbers and perform the, the way that he is. I mean, it was his fifth playoff goal tonight. Um, you know, he's got 13 points here uh, in the postseason. Um, I, I've said this at the beginning of the year when you're looking to repeat and no team obviously has done it outside of Pittsburgh, you know, for the past 20 plus years, um, you, you need some, you need to find some motivation, right? Like you need other than just saying we want to repeat. And I know that's been brought up a lot, but Steven Stamkos has extra motivation because I know how much it means to him to have missed last year. Yeah. His name was on the cup. He got to celebrate. He, he got to contribute. He had that huge goal. This is different though for him, right? This is something that he really feels like he's digging down deep and being a big contributor to the team's success. And then for me, it's just been great to watch in this playoffs. Yep. I agree. Couldn't agree more. And uh, he's been close scoring a little bit more also in this series. And uh, it was good to see him get uh, a couple the other night, but the stars came up big on Saturday. And that also was a big difference. They did. All right. Uh, game number five is on Tuesday. That'll be in Raleigh. That's a six 30 start. Uh, you can watch it on NBC sports network. You can listen to it on the lightning radio network, including on lightning power play. You can find on the iHeart app, which is where you can find Greg again for pregame intermission and postgame. Greg, as always, this was fun. Uh, I'll probably be back with a solo one because of the late start um, on a Tuesday's postgame, but as always, man, this is fun. Got it, brother. All right. Thanks, everybody, as always, for listening. Make sure you're subscribing. Make sure you're hitting the five-star review. Share this with your friends. Let them know that it's out there. This is the LightningInsider.com podcast. We'll see you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.